climate and sustainability. And good afternoon to you, Kevin James. Are you good? Um, very good, Ernest. Just got interrupted reading this juicy state capture report, I have to say. Very yeah, interesting yeah. reading. Many, many pages to go through there. Take your time. All 300 <laughs> and odd, isn't it? That's right. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, yeah. Reading. All right, yeah, interesting reading, I would imagine. All right, uh, let's come back to another situation that we're facing, and uh, touch wood, uh, it's not a legacy we leave for those coming behind us, our children, children's children. We talk about climate change, global warming all the time, don't be just. And Gauteng, in the grip of a water crisis with many households and businesses experiencing water shedding. <clears throat> Beg your pardon. Oh. Get, have a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I was talking about water. <laughs> oh, what a co-inkering that is, eh? And uh, frog in my throat. It happens to the best of us. You can, you, you can take it from here, uh, Kevin. We're talking about, obviously, global warming uh, uh, resulting in, the, in this uh, water shortage. That's right. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's, you know, to see people actually surprised, actually, that's what shocks me, Ernest. For the last 10 years, we've been covering this. last six years, covering this on the show about the pending water crisis. I mean, I'm still dealing with a lot of big corporates who are still in denial about this, even though there's no water around and taps are not working. So, interesting situation that's been looming for years. We've had the El Nino last year, event last year that caused a significant drought in the country, and this has obviously had a huge impact on our water supply. And to the point where levels in the Val Dam are dropping by about 1% per day. So currently sitting on about 27% full, dangerously close to the 25% mark where below which the entire system could really collapse, meaning taps will literally be running dry within the next two weeks. So two weeks, next two weeks is really critical. It's not only about the drought though, and uh, according to Dr. Anthony Turton, I know you had on the show a couple of weeks ago and who I personally worked very close with in uh, you know, trying to uh, tell corporates to how they're exposed to all this water risk. Mm. He says that in terms of the National Water Research research sorry, National Water Resource Strategy, the NWRS, which I'll refer to, we have a projected national water deficit of 2 billion cubic meters by 2025, okay? We've known about this for a long time. The known deficits in Etiquini, Gauteng, and Cape Town already factored into the NWRS. They were already factored in as early as 2000. So we've had lots of time to prepare ourselves and get ready for this. Gauteng is in a particularly vulnerable situation. There's a known deficit over and above that anticipated due to the NWRS being ignored since 2000. And the much-needed second phase of the Lesotho Highland scheme, uh, where most of the water in Gauteng comes from, has been hijacked by corruption in the procurement process. So that has been delayed, adding, exacerbating the issue even further. Then add to this the stated objective of Rand Water, which is to reduce consumption by 15%, uh, which they've stated. Factor into this the poor state of infrastructure from Rand Water, which hasn't been maintained through the various municipalities, to the end user, and it all adds up to a massive water crisis, Ernest, that is not going to go away for a while. There is a bit of hope in the short term due to the forecast forecast that there's a weak La Nina event, uh, the younger brother of El Nino. There will be uh, earlier rains from November as a result, quite intense rains with cooler temperatures hopefully giving dams some time to replenish themselves, which will also be a good time to fill up those Jojo and Jerry tanks, implement water harvesting, implement grey water systems, and become water-wise as businesses and as, uh, as individuals in our homes. Because after that, they are predicting that it will actually take another five years to overcome the damage that has been done during this last devastating drought. So more rough and dry times ahead. I think people really need to become much more aware and change their behavior considerably.
Oh, absolutely. We have to heed the call. That's uh, without a doubt. Now, yesterday, the South African Parliament voted to ratify the Paris Climate Treaty in record time to ensure that it becomes a binding global agreement. Now, this is firstly very positive, but also very significant for a number of reasons. That's right. Uh, we've covered this a couple of weeks ago. We said, what's South Africa going to do? Well, a bit of good news. A month or so ago, we set that scene that 55 countries emitting more than 55% of all global carbon emissions were required to ratify the Paris Treaty, which was uh, tabled at uh, COP21 in Paris last year, in order to make this global agreement binding. We were also faced with a very interesting scenario, which was that after the United States and China did the deed, which for many years has been that standoff about, in terms of them both coming and agreeing to these uh, reductions, the targets, and the EU and all other usual suspects ratifying the agreement, it would actually mean that South Africa signing would signify a green light for the entire thing to become binding due to our 1.4% contribution to global carbon emissions. I think they were just short of 55% at the time. Now, probably the most significant impact of this move has to do with Donald Trump, actually, who vowed in May that should he become President of the United States, the first thing he would do, even before building that Great Wall of Mexico, would be to pull out of the Paris Agreement because he believed that global warming was a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese to make the United States industry less competitive. Mm. But because of the timing of South Africa's signature, signature, uh, signature to this uh, treaty, the treaty is officially binding now. And should he become president, which is scary as it sounds, but which is becoming increasingly possible, he cannot pull out of this global agreement, which is now fixed in place. So good news. If this had only been signed once Trump did become president, he, he could have still pulled out and the, uh, pulled the United States out of the agreement, which would have collapsed the entire treaty, which would have been a huge travesty. What this also does from a local perspective, Ernest, is to tie us into a global climate response plan to reduce our carbon emissions so that global temperatures don't exceed 2 degrees Celsius, which really is looking very, very difficult to do. We're looking more like 3 degrees Celsius at this stage. So we will have to meet some serious emissions reduction targets, which means we actually are going to have to become less dependent on coal and engage more in renewable energy concepts. So for the change, I say for the change, I say well done to the South African parliamentarians who unanimously passed this through and with South Africa becoming really the heroes of the day and effectively pushing through a global climate agreement in record time with no objections. So I think we can be very proud of our guys in parliament for doing this and to Edna Molewa, the Minister of Environment for motivating everybody to move so fast on this issue. So, yeah, some good news. Oh, good news coming out of Parliament for a change other than ejecting members out of Parliament. So, uh, yay, yay to that one. Uh, Kevin James, thank you so much. I'll take a much-needed sip of water, albeit sparingly. We'll check it, We'll chat again next Wednesday. Eh? Take care, my friend. Cheers. All right, fantastic. Bye-bye. That's Kevin James from GCX Africa talking climate change and sustainability on the Drive Time Experience.